From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Uh, thank you, Jay, and hello, everyone. I'm Adam, but you know me as the Dice Abide. I'm John Austin, known as Wise Kensai, and tonight, it's us, just us. It's like a trend. It's like we have a show, and it's it's you and me. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> What a what a what a wacky world, John. Uh, so, what are you what are you drinking tonight? I am having this nice sugidama sake. Ooh, sake one over in Forest Grove. <laughs> I like I I jokingly enjoy calling it sake one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems seems accurate. Their their claim to fame was to have the uh, first white. Um, sake brewmaster in the world. Hmm. I learned that on their tour. <laughs> I've been there several times, and I don't think I ever like got that. Yeah, maybe that's not something they're just like, oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you all about this. <laughs> by the way, um, yeah. So uh, I'm having a a Montucky. They were on clearance, so I bought more. I think it's the right thing to do when the beer you like is cheap. Yeah, stock up. Well, uh, cheers. Cheers. Can't buy. <laughs> they only brag about that to the white people. Thanks. <laughs> 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 All right, John. Let's uh, kick it off with the news. All right, let's do it. So, uh, just a reminder what's going on this quarter, not this month, this whole quarter, all the way up to the end of March. Um, Pixar didn't happen, right? So, play Game of Infinity, preferably in Meat Space if you can. Uh, if something super cool happens or something super ridiculous happens, either one, take a picture of it, send it in with the story, and best story wins. That's it. That's the Bromet Academy prompt for the quarter. Um, and then the painting contest for the quarter is uh, conversion-based. So, do a close combat weapon swap, whatever you feel is cool and uh, paint it up and send it in that's that's it right so choose your weapon and finally paint that conversion you finished so long ago yeah right exactly um yeah i had a lot of people messaging me that were like hey uh is it cool if i if i paint something that i've converted just haven't painted yet I'm like yeah absolutely that's the point of this right <laughs> so, so do that thing um all right then uh, some sponsor news. Uh, Tag Raid is available on Scorvis's website. I think this is they're just liquidating their their stock, right? Is that what's going on? Yeah. So yeah, they. I think the, the, you know it, intelligently they uh, produced more than they sold through a Kickstarter, um, which is great to you know deal with issues like mispacks and yeah. and uh, QC issues. But they are selling the uh, the excess inventory on their store. So if you missed out on the Tag Raid Kickstarter, this is your chance. To get those sweet models, yep. and they are pretty damn sweet. They, are very they even cool. have the, they even have the platinum pledge and everything, so you can get all the pewters. Yeah, uh, so I think it's like two hundred and seventy euros or something. Last I checked, so. Yep, which isn't bad at all. Yeah, not cheap, but also uh, reasonable for the amount of content you get. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things yeah, exactly. you get from uh, Corvus, they've extended their happy days um, all the way to the twenty-first of the month, right? So all the way to January twenty-first, which is getting there right i think there's what five days left before that as time yep. of taping um and so you can get all of the uh, limited edition sculpts that they brought back so if you missed out on any of these in the past now's the time 
All I know is this is absolutely crashing my uh, my retirement account. I know, I know. Me too. <laughs> so just there's a box of, you know, limited edition models and Adams in Adams' uh, garage. This is do not touch. You know, angry face. <laughs> That's true. Account. I probably <laughs> I probably have half a dozen authorized bounty hunters still in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they make for great uh, old regatta bases, right? If you need. If you need yeah, no, they're rad sculpts. I love that heavy infantry. Go go stocks down. Sell sell sell. I know, right? My 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 uh, my in blister Tony Macchiana. I think I've had like two of them pass through my hands, and I've sold them both. So that that worked out for me. I think. Yeah, I missed the window. Yeah. But Otherwise, a uh, pretty news. pretty light news day. Yeah, Let's talk about our toys. All right. It's coffee time. What are you even working on? Yeah, so um, one of my one of my goals for this year was to actually play a game of 30k, uh, at least one. So uh, to do that, I need to build despoilers, which are the bolt pistol close combat uh, space marines. And I had a bunch of the arms and weapons 3D printed so that I could do that. And then I never did it because assembling space marines is not fun. Um, so so here's, here's a lore question for you: What happened to yeah. the spoilers? Because they're not part of modern 40k, right? That's not a profile you can get. Yeah, no, that's all. That's all. Robot Gilliman's fault in writing the Codex Astartes. They oh, were just wrote them out of existence. Yep, yeah, they were they were a non-standard uh, right. military formation. Non-standard um, so, pattern. Delete. Yep. Yeah. So something fun I did on here. I kind of want all of my units to have a little bit of a character to them. Mm-hmm. Something that they're like. What about them is interesting, right? And so one of the things here is that the uh, the world leaders are known for those bunny helmets, uh-huh. right? And it's actually meant to be a mark of shame. The uh, the 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 ears. So the ears were used to indicate warriors that couldn't be trusted to an honor duel. Oh. So okay. what? You know, as the world leaders become more and more bloodthirsty, they are less um, <laughs> fair fighters and more just. Rat, you know, crazy madmen. Yep. Um, and so I like the idea of just marking out the sergeant with it and then clipping it off of the rest of the spoilers. Like we haven't, they haven't, it's not like late heresy where they're fully corn. Like I'm still kind of leaning more towards a early mid heresy mm. uh, direction. And then also I liked the idea of the spoilers kind of being the, the raiders, right? They're going into the village and like torching all the buildings. Um, and uh, th- this idea of like a survivor's uh, was it the survivorship fallacy, right? Where it's like I am a lot like they think they're alive because they're you know these great warriors, but really it's just a numbers game. You're you're sure. alive because you're not you're not the one that was killed. So they all have little uh, talismans and trophies that I made out of green stuff oh, hanging cool. from their belts to be the either spoils of wars or like talismans to old gods that that maybe. Uh, keep them alive or whatever superstitious mumbo jumbo. Yeah. You've got a lot. They, yeah. So 20 of them. Full squad. As, uh, as Jeff says, I really like the paint scheme. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to paint them before I build them. Right. Yeah, exactly. That would be madness. But yeah, whipped up 20, uh, 20 of those spoilers. That's quite a lot. Very cool. It's just one squad. <laughs> one squad. Yeah. This is the, this is, you're busy trying to convince me to play Old World. <laughs> I'm just like, nope. 
Oh, it's so much easier in Old World. Is it? Is it though? I'll get. I'll get you there. All right. Fair enough. Um, I have been doing a lot Wait. of assembly though, right? So, uh, getting other people to do what? assembly for me, aka three D printed stuff. Um, so if you recall, what is this thing? So this is an objective. Um, from hmm. uh, this is sort of a an in joke for people that were part of the uh, uh the last Shadowgrounds campaign, right? So the nomads. Uh, we're going to rescue their pilots from evil big bad pano right doing evil experiments so this is the uh our nomad pilots strapped into some crazy machine and and pano doing horrible experiments to them and then of course uh, my lizard uh aka dolphin class tag uh is uh, awesome is a pilot that has been upgraded with arms and guns uh to this is 100 yeah this is 100 the dolphin from johnny mnemonic right so yeah, that's pretty rad. I'm I'm excited to field it finally, and uh, my shit show list has a lizard in it, so it will oh, perfect. absolutely be on the table, which is pretty rad. So thank you, a uh, huge thank you to Nick for uh, putting in the time to print these for me, and also help me with some of the arm selection and all that stuff. So very rad of you. Uh, put together some some more ats because I had some boxes that were uh, needed some assembly. Um, I'm playing combined as my second shit show list, so I needed to build. Uh, a bunch of Morat things, and there they are. <laughs> uh, yep. And then uh, finally put them together my Sphinx and my limited edition Shikami, and I couldn't resist posing them because it's really fun. Um, and that Sphinx course, must be nowhere near that Shikami. Yeah, right. And then, uh, and then uh, I got I got a Naga off of. I think I think I got this from Mindtaker, and then of course the uh, um, the Happy Days. Allowed me to finally get mm -hmm. the authorized bounty hunter sniper, which is uh, pretty rad. Very and cool. Then, yeah, and then I built uh, I built my anathematic finally as well. Uh, what a cool model! Also uh, terrified of breaking the the uh, the pigtails or ponytails or whatever. Oh, know. the antenna are are yeah. yeah. Um, so what I ended up doing, and this is what I think everybody does, is you you glue it to the the right hand coming up, right, and then mm -hmm. glue the other one to the base. And then uh, this also was an excellent opportunity to pose uh, with Yusha fighting the anathematic. Just because I had Yusha lying around nearby and I was like, this seems right. Um, and then uh, I found also at my taker, I found a bunch of Haramaki. So they'll be making an appearance. Oh, wow. My JSA. Yeah. Isn't this for your Tanko? Uh, I've got a full set of Tanko. I just, you know, seemed like a fun thing to collect and uh, also a, a fun tomorrow proxy as well. Um, I don't think they've announced that the end of anathematics can redone. Mm. Have they? I, mean, I haven't gonna, seen I'm anything. I'm still going to use this one because it's rad. Yeah. Um, and then some other uh, some other issues were had. So these are these are all models that I got uh, secondhand, um, and they spent a little too long in green uh, symbol green, and so a little bit of pinning happened, uh, and so some damage. Mm. Later. But uh, yeah, I, I took them out, cleaned them up as best I could with a wire brush. Uh, had to repose the Dasyu because she's normally like you know doing a dab pose or something. I don't know. It's kind of like a weird thing, um, but I reposed her because the arm snapped. I think it turned out pretty good. Oh sure. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, and then just I'm just going through all the crap that I have lying in my closet, just sort of trying. Yeah, even cranking it out. Yeah, these were really fun to pose too because the chicken feet are actually like the the two toes in front are completely uh -huh. separate. Um, so it was fun to get a bunch of those like resin scenic bases. that just have, and you can sort of see like uh, in the back, there's, there's one that's kind of like stepping on a rock, and the clawed feet are going down. And so it kind of like really 
situates it in the on, on the base, which is nice. That'll be really fun to paint and uh, add a little like uh, static grass to you and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I love those Bowser uh, remote designs. Yeah, the problem though is that the legs are very fiddly, so those are all basically in the process of like posing the feet and getting it to mm -hmm. line up right and getting the base. Because like one of the things that I I really like to do with my remotes is pose it so that the the body of the remote is a stable platform, like it's on a gimbal. Right? Okay. But then, like, the legs are doing whatever cockamamie thing they need to do to, like, you know, be touching ground, right? Sure. Um, and so in the, in the process of posing that, you know, you have to really get some weird angles in there. Uh, and I ended up breaking, mm. like, all of the legs, so all of them are, like, repins, and that was a huge pain in the ass. So. Oh, geez. Yeah. It does sound like a pain. Oh, okay. So, so uh, Tanaka Scholar is saying that uh, the anathematics maybe uh, schedule's leaked. It's getting redone in March. Uh, that's that's fine. I'll I'll take the hit for the team. And then you know I sold my ALF at one point, and then I bought back in, and so I'm finally building the last couple of uh, proxies that I didn't build because I was lazy, and I was like, well, the box is right here. I might as well empty the <laughs> box and recycle it. So here we are. Just get it done. Why wow, you've been busy? Yeah, just sort of chugging through. Uh, coming back to a bunch of like there's there's been a there's been a huge push at work. And uh, a lot of it, we finally reached the phase where I'm just like, I'm in the waiting phase. And so I've been in a lot of planning meetings. And so you know, I'm doing, I'm pulling an atom and doing a little bit of assembly. Sure. Things. Yeah. I actually did. I didn't get any pictures, but I did start building my Morat so I could get caught up on combined. <laughs> so. Well, right on. Let's uh, talk about some games. I like to do games. That's what I like to do. What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a bunch of JSA, which has been really? a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I've got two games of JSA in recently, uh, completely, I want to say randomly. Uh, Is that your uh, shit show list or no, just felt like doing JSA? No, not shit show at all. Uh, I blame Tim. Not uh, not the Tim everybody's thinking of, Chainsaw Tim. Sure. Yeah, AKA Tim Adair. Um, so he and I, I forget what we were, why it came up, but... Uh, he was like, Tomorrow are rad. I'm like, I agree. I should play. With... And then I was like, I should play JSA and play with Tomorrow because I haven't really had an opportunity. And the last time I really thought about JSA was when Tim was practicing for something. And he was playing. Sure. This was back when I was still casting um, um, Tabletop Throwdown. And so I was casting a game where Tim was playing JSA and he just like absolutely obliterated a bunch of people with some Tomorrow. And I was like, I should have that experience because it sounds really fun. Uh, yeah, always blamed him exactly, um, and I sort of you know to be to be my hipster self, I was like you know, I kind of feel like running a solo Tomorrow Spitfire Lieutenant, um, and for those of you who don't know, my plan for this year is to play only vanilla, and because there are other you know factions that technically you can't play as vanilla, um, my my limitation uh, is going to be duos only. For any faction I play, with the exception of Toha, because I feel like if I get around to playing Toha, I should like play Toha for real, right? Um, but basically, everything is just going to be duos only, and so uh, JSA was no exception. Um, and I think a lot of the a lot of the reason why I I had some trouble getting into reinforcements and kind of stagnated a little bit on Infinity last year was um, a I was playing a lot of tournaments and like trying to get really competitive, and that was draining. 
B, also, uh, I just was getting tired of trying to fill out the links and then, like, having to give up mm -hmm. on something to get the third link member even, you know? Um, sure, sure. So just, like, maybe, maybe I don't, right? There's plenty of stuff that's excellent in JSA by itself. You know, I don't necessarily need to take anything. So I ended up, I ended up doing that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my first matchup was like the worst matchup that I, could, that I think JSA can have. Um, which was? Which was Steel. <laughs> yep, that's a tough one. <laughs> right? So it's like my entire benefit is being a stealthy ninja with ODD and I can fuck you up in close combat. And Steel's like, I also do this. <laughs> you're like, no. Yep. They're like, but my guys are 16 points. You're like, stop. And like, my guys also have smoke. <laughs> and they're like, my guys also can shoot. <laughs> it's just like stop stop being better at this than i am um so this is the link i took it was uh completely there is a legal link in here um but i didn't i didn't link anything so it's tomorrow lieutenant with spitfire shikami with a contender like not the combi one uh basically for points reasons karakuri mark 12 because i need a gun um oyori also because i need a gun double ryukin hrl because i need some sort of arrow presence uh and then a two kaitsotsu and a war core for orders and filling out the list uh and then kuroshi rider because she's if i try to cram her in every every jsa list i have because she's just so good um and then uh we were playing mind wipe uh which this okay. was not was not designed for you'll note the complete lack of hackers right um i was just like this list seems fun and then i was like uh oh <laughs> am i gonna do this and it turns out kuroshi has d charges which saved my ass um but in in comparison, uh, Jordan's list is nothing but links. So it's Machion, Phoenix, oh, and a Myrmidon. Uh, three Therakatai powering a Makai missile. Another three Myrmidons because. And then group two is a, a Lambda, a Netrod, and then Hippolyta, a Myrmidon, and Pandora. So it's like all, it's huh. the greatest hits. Uh, the yeah. only thing that's not there is like Hector and Achilles uh, and Eudorus. But like, God, what a what a horrible list to face. Because like I can't sure. I can't gank you in close combat. Everything there is except for the Therakatai, right? Are is very competent in close combat. Um, yeah, just a just a miserable slog of a game, and I I won it barely by uh, he he had some hacking classified, and I killed Pandora early because I was like she's got to go. <laughs> so Pandora sure. left, and then um, and then I had Predator, and you know. JSA versus Steel, something's gonna die in close combat, um, right? And so a lot of a lot of sub suboptimal decisions were made. Uh, the highlight of the game, I think, was um, here it is. Yeah, so uh, he moves a Myrmidon next to uh, uh, next to the Shikami, so the Shikami dodges off the building and lands behind the Myrmidon, uh, and then mm -hmm. they fight. <laughs> Yay! The best part is Shikami are CC twenty three and Myrmidons are CC twenty one. Uh, he rolled a six mm -hmm. and I rolled a five. <laughs> so. Oh, that's awesome! Though. Yeah, it was that's pretty perfect. great. Yeah, so that was that was definitely the highlight of the game. Um, and then of course, uh, right after that, the Shikami got dogpiled by that triple Myrmidon link and died immediately. Oh yeah, but uh, hashtag worth it. So that was very fun. Um, and then the other game that I played was against Than. We played Resilience Operations because he hasn't played it yet. Um, you know, it seemed like a reasonable thing to do. Um, I changed it up a little bit and added duos. So I had a Damar Ooh. with a Katsatsu Paramedic. Didn't actually behave as a duo at all. I broke it almost immediately. Um, but they deployed together. 
So right, that counts. Uh, and then the Karakuri Yuriko duo, which is just weird. Um, what was he using the um, the uh, the tag raid tag as? Um, he was using it as a bull track. Okay, that's such a rad model. It is. Yeah. So uh, I think I healed four wounds on the Karakuri, Karakuri over the course of the game. Um, oh jeez. Because Yuriko's a huge jerk. But yeah, so it's Tamaru, Kensetsu, Karakura, Yuriko, Hiroshi Rider, for, for you know, previously mentioned reasons, uh, Uyoroi Double Ryukin, Aludon, because uh, I sort of overcorrected when facing Steel. I was like, need MSV uh, in case I play Jordan again. Sure. And then I threw in a flashball spot. Um, fans list is Cornac, uh, uh, Double Yaogat, Spitfire, and, and MSR. Anyat, who's a great pairing with the Yaogat. I get fine wine and, uh, and, and steak. And then uh, Kurgat, Boarding Shotgun. Um, and then just two more link, link team members of uh, Vanguard Paramedic, Dartok Hacker, uh, then uh, Bulltrack. And he took the the Tyrock Hunter Skurgot combo you can only get in MAF. Um, yep. Which I really rival. like. I, re I really like the, the, the Tyrock in vanilla, but I've played the Skurgot once. And it died, mm -hmm. the Skurgot died almost immediately, so I didn't get to use it. Um, but I like the idea of it. I still don't know what the right plan is for it, um, but well, because I mean, the skirt got, um, you know, like unlike a, uh, unlike a Preda or a Gaki, like even even though a Gaki, you know, doesn't have a direct attack, they explode. I feel like this the skirt got just fights in CC. Yeah, but like, do you do you roll that guy in on a suicide mission the first turn, right, or do you hold him back? Right, eat something. Turn yeah. Two, right. I mean, it's like I think it's like one of those. It depends things. Um, it is four to play eight inches. The the Tyrock has MWI. His his dog. Like, but yeah. So it is. You're right. Sorry, you know, sorry, first, not MWI. Also not first first warrior. Close combat with its buddy. So there's that. Yeah. Well, that's true because that's a heavy pistol plus one burst. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this was a this was a a, a crazy game too. Um, basically, he spent the whole turn shooting things with the bull track. Uh, the Oyoroi barely survived. Uh, we're both down to one wound, um, and then I storm in on on to bottom of one, kill the bull track, and then everything just sort of collapses from there. Um, but also, also super fortuitously, I drew CQB as the uh, the battle conditions or whatever battlefield conditions, whatever it's called, mm -hmm. which limits shooting to thirty two. Which JSA was like, big thumbs up. <laughs> Like, no shooting for you. And so that kind of nerfed his Yaogat pretty bad. And I was able to just, like, sneak by um, and ignore it. Because it was shooting at me at 34 inches and not 32. So Perfect. That's been, that's been the thing. Well, I have not gotten any minis games <laughs> in since last episode. But uh, I did run my second round of Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drinks. Um so that's the uh, where I'm running other parents from my daughter's school through D and D, so which makes that the second game of D and D that I've DM'd in 25 years. Mm -hmm. But it went really well. I had a lot of fun. This group had a very different approach to uh, to solving the mission. The first group spent a lot of time planning, and there was basically no combat. Uh, where this group was like, "Cool, we need to go steal that thing. Let's walk directly towards that thing and kill anyone that stops us." Um, <laughs> uh, that group had someone die. Uh, funnily enough, not from combat. Um, oh, from a trap or something? 
No, when they were escaping the building, uh, fumbled climbing off the you know, 60, fo- uh, 60 foot oh, tall building. Sure. Uh, rolled a one to climb down it oh, and no. splat. <laughs> That'll do it. But well, less, less, uh, less loot to, you know, per, less, yeah, less exactly. Cut, right. So that all worked out. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the best part was that person was also their contact was also the, the person that the contact knew and trusted. Oh no. So it's like, here's <laughs> the stuff. And they're like, yeah, they, yeah, they arrive and, and give them the thing. And they're like, oh, that's great. Where's, uh, where's so-and-so? It's like, oh no, he'll, he'll, he'll catch up. Uh, we'll give him his cut. <laughs> yep. Thanks. Bye. Yep. <laughs> Roll deception. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, <laughs> So it was good fun. Um, and now I am deep in learning the rules to uh, magical kitties save the day to uh, start running some role, more role playing with the kids. Very nice. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, well, uh, so before we get on to our Shiv game sponsorship, I think you had some stuff you wanted to recommend. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was. Uh, it's it's been very icy here in Oregon, so the kids have been home from school. So we've been watching some movies during the day to try to keep them occupied. Uh, and I randomly was like, "This looks fun." I was like, "Anything with cartoons, go!" Right? Um, yeah. And it's 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 another like Dwayne Johnson, sorry, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart. Yeah, you have to say, uh, yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, it's it's you know, well, like Superman has a pet dog. Uh, and then, like, you know, what would happen if the pets got superpowers? That's I've explained the, the movie now, right? That's a hundred percent of the movie. Yep, and it's it's fun, right? Just like most of their their pairings, it's a it's a good time. Uh, it's definitely loud and colorful for the kids, uh, and there's a lot of in jokes um, for the adults, right? So, for example, right, like. Uh, the dog like hits a button and a hologram of his dad shows up because he's also from Krypton, right? That's how he has mm-hmm. superpowers. And it's like, hello, son. I am Dog L. And you're like, all right, <laughs> calm, calm down. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the the funniest part about this is that there actually was a uh, Legion of Super Pets was a thing in the DC comics. Mm. Um, and they had such memorable characters as a super horse and bat cow. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good time. Uh, you don't need to have kids to watch it. I think you'll have a good time. It's definitely a brain off. Enjoy silliness. Um, so. Perfect. Sounds about right. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know if bounce from so ads in there. Um, but I also found this on Netflix uh, for myself, not for the kids. This is not a kid-friendly thing. Uh, it's Spriggan. So Spriggan is a. It started life as most animes do as a, a manga. Uh, it had a, I think, like a ninety-minute movie, um, sometime when we were kids, which I have yet to watch, but I've seen a lot of like clips from mm. online. Um, basic premise is um, secret agent high schooler does things, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so that's the that's the you know the 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 environment that you start in but uh it also has a lot of you know i i love things like uh national treasure or um the da vinci code like it's like good brain popcorn you know what i mean right like all this like mm-hmm. kind of like what if uh like uh like this like different takes on world history and kind of and kind of that stuff 
so like episode i think episode two is about like finding noah's noah's ark but noah's ark is like actually like a crazy uh you know like terraforming machine or something right and that that's what the movie was about and this and this happens to be episode two of of the show um and you know it's very well animated and it's, it's a good it's a good time um you know if you like if you like uh near near future sci-fi and uh like just mindless pew pew it's a good time and that's on uh, netflix very cool. All right. Well, uh, before we get on to our main feature, it is time for our Shiv Game sponsorship. Uh, so Shiv Games, the best smiling game store in the greater Kaiser area. Uh, every week, Jeff gives us gives one of our lucky listeners a extremely random prize. And this week uh, is no less. So he figured since this is a, a week about uh, cleaning up your collection, here's a way to dirty it up with a model that's an absolute mess. Um, and this is the uh, Rogue Necromancy model from Malifaux. Uh, so, yeah, all you have to do for your chance to win is type <laughs> spell Malifaux correctly in our chat. Um, yeah, that's a uh, that's a lot of a sculpt and it's a plastic kit. Apparently it's hard to clean, which is why Jeff thought it was funny for the episode about cleaning up your. Yep. Your stuff, so. They have some gnarly sculpts. It's <laughs> wrong pipe. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Your sake, folks. It's not good for you. Um. Yep. Yeah, so uh, has got the spelling right. Give people another minute to punch it in. But yeah, you haven't been down there in a while, have you? The shift? No, I've been. I wanted yeah. to. I was planning on going this weekend since it was a long weekend. But then it was like also snow. Yep, yeah, and then then snow again. Our our two inches of snow well, <laughs> that destroyed. Mean, technically, we have technically there's four inches of snow. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, because I mean, I I I did I did measure it right. Uh, so I've yet to find it four inches deep anywhere near my house. Well, I I definitely found it. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> as proof. Yes, <laughs> as proof. Yeah, um, no, I, I mean, I, I took the, I took a picture. I might as well, might as well leverage the well, fact so that I did that. To, to me, the weird thing is that it didn't, like, it didn't gradually get colder. It just got cold, and then it snowed. So for me, it's it's funny because you can like brush it off. It's not like stuck to the ground or anything. Well, um, it I mean it turned it turned into just like straight up, like ice flakes. Oh, weird. There's no ice around here it's it's literally just like you can you can kick it off like powder and like the wood on my balcony is dry underneath it gotcha yeah i mean it's it's that's basically what it's like here too but like you know it's it's basically just this so to, to I, yeah. I shoveled my whole driveway basically the way the way i did it you you kind of get the shovel under there and you like lever it up and that just like cracks it and you can just pick up the chunk Weird. and huck it off to the side yep but yeah, it's, it's basically just this, the whole you know. And you have a long ass driveway I on do a have steep a long hill. Driveway, it freaking sucked. <laughs> but <laughs> I did it. I did it. Well done, well done. All right, John, we'll go ahead and hit that button. All right. Hey, congratulations to Dan. You get a cool chimera-looking thing. Excellent. All right. Well, let's uh, push that one. 
And so, yeah, so thank you, of course, everyone for listening, and uh, thank you, Shiv Games. Without further delay, it's time for the main event. All right, John, this was your idea. What are we doing? <laughs> okay, so it's the new year. Um, a, a bunch, we sort of had a come-to-Jesus moment pretty recently about like what we have time for, what we don't have time for. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, just trying to find time for, for games and activities that like respect our time, I guess is the way to do it. A, a lot of this sort of was precipitated by a long conversation I had with Elise, um, who, you know, was talking to me about liquidating all of their, uh, um, infinity and a bunch of other, other, uh, game systems. And her point was like, yeah, I don't really want to play a game that doesn't respect my time anymore. Uh, and I would rather spend the time that I do have uh, on my family and games that you know are what I'm looking for. And we sort of talked about this uh, in our, our recent episode with um, with Alex of Giga Robo and Grave Trigger and Clint of Necromonts, mm -hmm. right? It was like, what are we looking for in a gaming experience right now, right? Because, you know, this is this is not our full time job. We have we have jobs in the tech sector that take up all of our workday, um, and this is definitely like a, a labor of love and passion that we we do here, um, and we're we're very grateful to the community for taking part in that and supporting us. So you know, we want to make sure that when we do spend time, it is like the energy that we get is reflected back in the best way possible. So what does that look sure. like um, in terms of what can we spend our time on? And so, you know, just in terms of like what we're playing now, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, like I was making a list and I just stopped of like games that I have models for, and I would like actively would love to go just play any one of them right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, like, Here's the short list was uh, Infinity, Heavy Gear, Warcraft, Jovian Wars, Bushido, uh, Blood Bowl, Kill Team, Horus Heresy, Old World. <laughs> right. Um, Warmaster, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got my Warmaster armies. I'm, oh, geez. Gone. Like Warmaster, Necromunda, mm -hmm. um, Takure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just like thinking about um, each one of those games, right? How many armies for those games do we have? I've already liquidated yes. a ton of my infinity, uh, but I still can't play all my armies all the time. Sure. And in large part, my whole thing uh, last year about like playing two games at once was kind of about getting better at infinity, but mostly about playing more of my armies. So I felt like I <laughs> could justify the investment to myself. Playing <laughs> right? with more of my toys. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to play with all the toys. I'm going to do it all together right now. Just be efficient. Um, and so that was sort of sort of the impetus there. Uh, and, you know, if you think about it, right, I pretty regularly, thankfully, I mean, my, my wife is amazing and gives me uh, Thursday nights off, right? So mm -hmm. I, you know, aside from, aside from uh, like holidays and stuff or family trips, I get a game in a week of Infinity. Every Thursday we go to Glimpses and we play there um, and you get to hang out with the guys or whatever. And, some, you know, sometimes when you're available, you get to show up too. Um, and then, uh, it kind of averages out over the year, you know, maybe I'll get two games in a week, one, you know, I'll go visit James or something and play a game during the week, uh, over lunch or something. Sure. And so it averages to like 52 games a year, right? 
Sure. So, I mean, I, I think both of us are pretty numbers driven. Um, yeah. And so you think about that, it's like 52 games a year. You really want to get a couple of games in um, before a tournament. And then you're going to be playing one faction for that um, to, to practice. If you, if you know, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to do that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, if you do the math out, you're probably not going to play all your armies. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you, you, can, on, you can play them all one time. You can play them all one time. Right. And is that, is that an experience that you want to have? Maybe. Right. It depends what you're looking for. Um, and I right. think you and I both are on the skill ladder to various degrees and like depending on how much spoons allow, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so you'll play something and be like, Oh, I didn't really like the way that felt. I really don't think I wanted this unit in my army or I wanted this other unit in my army and I had to trade something out. So you want to get at least two games and to get sort of a longitudinal study, right? Like I want to have some repetitive um, data collection. And, sure. and so you just sort of like lose opportunities to play stuff. And then on top of that, right? Like, you know, we have this uh, fortunate quote unquote problem of, of, uh, of the show and how getting, to, you know, being privileged to play things like Grave Trigger, um, things out of the release cycle because you know people are like, oh, mm -hmm. what do you think of this? I want to hear your opinion or we want to promote it on the show. And so like, let's play a game that we ordinarily wouldn't get access to or you know, wouldn't put in front of, wouldn't be put in front of us otherwise. Um, and so yeah, that sort of eats into uh, the available slots we have for gaming, right? Because a lot of our time yep. is taken up by my family and then of course work responsibilities. So we have to be careful about what we commit to. Um, and so I think sort of independently, you and I sort of were arrived at the same conclusion. It's like, we should probably do another, you know, set of set of purges or boxing up or whatever you want to call it, right? And sort of Marie Kondo. Tidying. Tidying, tidying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tidying, we're Marie Kondoing the shit. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's 100%. Like you said, there were, you can only play so many games. My, the amount of time you have is finite. Mm -hmm. um, so, I guess like there's a, like we're not quitting games. No, absolutely not. We're not. We're not, we're not quitting. Sorry, we're not quitting playing the the genre of miniature games at all. Um, if anything, I actually kind of feel like uh, you know, part of the reason why I, th I think it's helpful to every now and then kind of um, take an assessment of what you have. Uh, it goes back to something that Pete Satchel once said a long time ago, back when he and I were. were uh, gamefully employed bachelors like living in San Francisco playing the hell out of Warhammer. It's like, why do you have so much of it? It's like, well, because buying it is the easiest part. Yep. Right? It's easy to acquire stuff. Um, and it makes you feel like you're you're engaging in the hobby. Um, but yeah, after a while, you're like, you start, you got a bunch of, you got a bunch of shit. Yep. And then like that becomes a mental almost like a uh, like a mental weight you carry like yep. I want to play something but I should play this because I have a bunch of this. There's a right? reason have why have... it's called a pile of shame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> pile of glory, right? Now. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think I think what really uh so for a while um when I was a gainfully employed bachelor uh, and I lived in a I lived in a game store <laughs> effectively. Uh, shout out to the Enchanted Badger, R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, but I bought a ton of Hex Encounter War Games because I thought that was gonna be my life, right? I was I wasn't super into Infinity at the time. I played a bunch of M2, but I wasn't like 
super young old like I am now. And so I was like, I'll, I'll play this. This will be my thing I do. Uh, I was, you know, I was super convinced that I was going to be like a lifetime bachelor at the time. And I was like, I'll have plenty of time to drink scotch and like revisit, you know, um, uh, all the major World War II battles in, in, in you know, excruciating detail. Uh, and I bought your pasta know, I, water. Yeah. Right. I was just like, I was like, okay. Uh, you know, GMT games is a publisher on the back of every one of their boxes. They know their audience, right? It says there's two scales. One is complexity, right? And it's like how complicated and, and ass pain is this game going to be? And that's a very reasonable thing to have on the back of a complicated war game. And the other one is solitaire suitability because they know their audience. Right. Um, sure. and so I bought a bunch of solitaire games from them, and I I wrote I I played I played a rev, I played a game uh, the Battle of Britain, which I, I on second thought I don't think is a uh, a GMT game, but I wrote a review on it on my blog and I posted it to the Hex Encounter uh, Reddit subreddit, and I was like you know I don't think this is for me, and somebody was like hey that's cool. Um, your copy looks like it's in good shape. Why don't you give it to a home where it will be loved? Right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a really good point. Uh, there are plenty of people who really would like, you know, a copy of this game because that's what, that's what their jam is. Their brain, you know, gels well with this particular game system and they would really enjoy it. It shouldn't sit on my shelf. It should sit on their table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, release it to the world. Yeah, exactly. So that was a, that was a, a bit of a, I mean, I still have trouble releasing things, but it was a, it was a good thing to remind myself of uh, when I was sure. thinking about this stuff. Um, yeah. So for me, the other part of why tidying it up is because I, it's, I feel like it's easy to lose track of what you want out of a war game. Sure. Uh, right out of a game experience. Um, it's like when you know, when you're when you're in it and you're and you're maybe playing it more regularly, like you're not really stepping back and like approaching it analytically, right? Like you're just having fun playing with your friends, yeah. Um, and kind of reviewing. So, for instance, Heavy Gear, right, mm -hmm. is a good one. So that's one that both you and I are trimming way back on. Mm -hmm. Um, I just I like for me the part of the game that's interesting is combined arms. Right, like gears are really cool, but the game is not interesting to me without tanks and infantry to put those gears into context. Um, and so, like, I've got massive North armies, massive a massive North army, massive South army, a good size pack army, and a uh, and Peace River and Black Talons, right? And like the Peace River and Black Talons, as cool as Black Talons are, they're not really giving me that combined arms feel. They have like a hyper elite cool mech warrior-esque feel mm -hmm. but there's no there's really no tanks to speak of um and with peace river which is the easiest two to blend there's not going to be any tanks so you'd have to have them with another army with tanks and that'd be a super suboptimal army because you won't have points for tanks if you've got black talons right right um and so i've decided to focus on uh on pack because pack gets me the tanks, it gets it has some good gears. I can cherry pick a few gears on my north and south that I particularly like, mm -hmm. since pack gets access to them. Um, and then I get all of what I want out of the game in one force. 
Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. To me. I mean, that's the same reason. So, like, I'm I'm considering keeping I'm keeping CEF because I just love the CEF tanks, right? That's the whole reason sure. I played this stupid game. Uh, and and I just I love the way they look, and I've actually painted them, right? So that's yeah many hurdles to get through to get rid of them. Uh, and of course, I have the HHT ninety because it's a rad model. It's such yeah, it's so rad. Table, girl are rad. Girl hover bike, girl girl hover bikes. You know, gave you fits. So definitely want to continue doing that. Um, but yep. at the same time, I every time I put black talons on the table, I've had a really, um, a really good time with them, uh, because I, I am playing them very combined arms. I'm using a lot of infantry, a lot of things that I don't think people would normally do with black talons, um, mm-hmm. mainly because I'm abusing the crap out of the BTIT system, which allows you to take like all kinds of random things with them from the, from the benevolent sure. dictator uh, armies, uh, aka the invaders, if you prefer. Um, yeah <laughs> and and i it's just it's just a lot of it's just fun right uh and so yeah. I, i've had a really good time playing both c like straight cef and then btit uh but one of the things that i've noticed is i'm not really using any units except for black talent stuff and a ton of eden stuff because eden gets the the the, the joust you say and lancer's Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so those two things combined give me access to some very speedy, uh, reasonably competent in close combat units. And close combat is a huge part of the game, which sidesteps a lot of the the normal tech power curve stuff with ECM and stuff and such. So it's 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 a useful, b fun, um, and mm-hmm. c reasonably priced in terms of like game points, right? And Black sure. Talons are famously expensive. So all those things together sort of made me gravitate towards the Eden stuff. And I would sprinkle some Caprice and some Utopia stuff in there just for flavor. Uh, but at the end of the day, I was but like... But similar, you get to cherry pick. I get to cherry pick, right? So if I really want to keep something, yeah. I can. Uh, and so, you know, I'm considering keeping the Mardi Ks because they're really fun looking. Uh, but the rest of it, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I don't know. So I, I, get to, I get to really cherry pick what I want. And so the, I'm thinking about keeping CEF and uh, ETIT plus stuff short um so something else like a for instance uh yeah well just going back to like so for me that's the method of my approach i'm going to look at the game yeah ask myself what i want to get out of the game and then figure out what of my army or what of my collection uh i need to get what i want out of it right right um so another good example is is infinity mm-hmm. right and Infinity, it's funny because, like, for me, I just love the sheer variety that comes out of Infinity. Yep. And so it's really easy to say, like, oh, well, then, yeah, then have all my armies. It's great. Um, and, that, you know, I'm going to preface this with I'm not getting rid of a single Infinity model. <laughs> um, I, I might. I'm still on the fence about it. Well, I'm going to I'm I'm boxing some up. Mm-hmm. But I'm not getting rid of them. So, for instance, I, I haven't played combined in a while. And combined with the army that drew me into the game, and the reason why I was drawn to combined is because they can do everything. Sure. Right? And so I, I played uh, combined for a while. I played Ariadna, and then I focused mostly on Ariadna and NA2 the last few years. Um, and I've, I have I want to get my combined back on the table. That's what got me into the game. Um, and the cool thing is I can get everything that I really want out of the game in one force. So it'll let me... Um, almost in a way compress my experience. Like I don't need to divide my experience. I don't need to figure out how my experience with Ariadna relates to combined. 
right? If I'm playing Shazvasti and then I go to vanilla, I know what units in Shazvasti I can take in vanilla and then how to use them. Um, and vice versa. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll probably stop playing Ariadna for a while, stop playing NA2 for a while, focus hard on the combined army and really, you know, that, that'll get me everything I want. I can play every, you know, every phase of the game is what we used to talk about in Warhammer terms. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? You get, to, you get to, every phase of the game is, a, is an excellent way of uh, sort of describing it. You get that, you get to basically, uh, really, really the statement there is I get to leverage every mechanic in Infinity. And in fact, there's a ton yeah. of mechanics that only exist in combined, right? Like yeah. Morphoscan, Protheon, right? But the plasma is a big thing. Uh, Mnemonica, right? Those are those are things that only exist in combined, which is uh, kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So, like you said, I even get unique stuff uh, in the combined. Um, and CSPO says that. Uh, they have a very hard time getting rid of models because they're each a chapter, an overarching narrative of their life, the hobby, uh, where they was when they bought, built, and painted them, and who their friends were, and what they were doing. And like that, yeah, it totally makes sense. I have a much harder time getting rid of models that I've painted. Sure. Right? Um, yeah. And you, you have that much more emotional investment. If it's something that I can easily replace, I have a lot less difficulty getting rid of it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean right. but I mean, CSPO also does a lot of amazing conversions and paint jobs, right? So yeah. I can, yeah, I can for also sure. see the difficulty there. Um, yeah, I mean, like, um, and, and I, I guess really what we're advocating here is, you know, it's okay to move on from a particular game or even yeah. um, like part of the hobby entirely if that's not something that you have time for anymore. I think one of the big things for me this past year was one, I became a people manager right pretty early in the year. Um, and this was something also that, called parents. <laughs> well, sure. Right. That's, that's all. Yeah. So I, 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 uh, you know, I was already a parent of twins, but um, they started moving around and they don't stay in the same place yeah. when you put them. So that was a big problem at home and then at work being a people manager uh, and then growing my team 50% was a big deal. <laughs> and so that took up a huge amount of my time and energy. Um, and, you know, just like anytime I wanted to sit down and do something hobby related, it became a bit of a, a bit of a slog. Um, not sure. because I didn't enjoy the hobby part, but because I basically just had no, no gas left in the tank when I sat down. Um, and that was that was a big struggle for me last year, um, just trying to find gas in the tank. And it was made extremely difficult by the, I don't know, you know, the, the, the corner I painted myself into by writing up every game of Infinity I played. Um, mm -hmm. It's still something I enjoy doing. Uh, a part of me wants to stop because it does affect my free time, but... Um, it is something that uh, I get a lot of positive feedback from infrequently, and this is this is not a complaint, right? Like, you know, I, I don't need to be showered with praise or anything, but um, it is it is really rewarding when somebody reaches out and doesn't really say much about the game itself, just like, hey, 
this was really wonderful to to read. Thank you, right? Some some version of that. Um, and that's really energizing and validating. And I really appreciate people who write uh, to say that. Um, and you know, you're by no means obligated to do that at all. Um, it's just it's just nice to hear. <laughs> Here's John fishing for compliments. Right, yeah, exactly. That's that's me. You you know how I am. That's, I I don't I, I run yeah. on compliments. <laughs> but he uh, loves being showered with attention. Yes, exactly. For sure. <laughs> um slash <laughs> S. Um Yeah, but you know, it, it is it is a huge amount of effort and sometimes it's just like I don't want to do it. And so there was a period last year where I think I was like thirty battle reports behind. Um and that was a slog to get through for sure, especially because a lot of them were losses. I was going through the period where I just wasn't, something wasn't clicking for me. Um, and writing up a loss, especially when, you know, you're still salty about it is, is difficult. Um, and then that leaves very little effort for, like, you know, doing hobby stuff. That, it's, it's supposed to be a rejuvenating thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, that's why we do this, right? Yeah, it's our it's our hobby, not our job. It is the thing we do to, to to hang out, to have fun. Yeah, not the thing we do to slowly kill kill ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So something else for me, I feel like when I, whenever I look at wanting to start another game, and it happens often. Um, can can confirm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, as uh, evidenced by the aforementioned list, right? Yeah. Um, but you you then have that like, well, I haven't played X in a while. Mm -hmm. I haven't played Y in a while. I should go play X or Y, yep. right? And for whatever reason, you don't make it a priority, right? And you know, it could be that like, for instance, I think Warcry has a lot of really cool promise to it, mm -hmm. but not enough to get me to play the game. Yes. Right. So what do I do? Do I just moan about still not playing Warcry or do I get over it just accept that I'm getting rid of the models mm -hmm. I'll get some of them you know I'll get some of my investment back out of that and then I can free up that mental space for something else um so it's the same thing with also with armies though right you can only you can only paint so much you can only build so much mm -hmm. um you can only store so much right models That's take up a space real problem <laughs> yeah right and so that it's like cool. So old world's coming out, and like I am, I am absolutely delighted uh, and excited for old world to come out. But it's like if I'm going to do Bretonian army, where the hell am I going to put a Bretonian army? Right. Right. I don't have more. To, I'm not, I'm not going to go buy more I shelves. Death shelves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, no, like yeah. make space. Right. You know, I I don't get to play enough games of what you know of any game. So it's like, why do I need three different uh, you know, going back to heavy gear, why do I need three different heavy, five different heavy gear armies? Mm -hmm. You know, for something that I am not able to get in. You know, I can't get weekly games in of everything. But I mean, let's 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 take a step back and, and think about what we sort of talked about at the beginning of the episode, right? It's like, what are you looking to get out of the hobby, right? And everybody has something different. Yep. And I think really what it boils down to, if you're considering sort of um, tidying up, so to speak. Um, and finding what sparks joy, right? To really Marie Kondo this. Uh, yeah. Figure out what you're looking for. Um, and for me, right, I, 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 I'll talk about something that I did recently. I got rid of my entire collection of combat commanders. So um, those of you who aren't familiar with um, 
the commands and color system, right? So um, it's it's the same stuff that Memoir 44 is based on, more or less. Um, mm -hmm. But basically, let's see if I find a picture of Combat Commander. So here's here's a here's a picture of. Uh, But uh, so so man, command, commands and colors is a is a pretty simplified system of uh, the way you know war works, right? And basically the idea is there's a hex grid. There's three sections: left, middle, right, and they simulate the the fog of war and the command communication breakdown um, by giving you mm -hmm. a hand of cards, and the cards say things like activate two units. One on your left, one on your right, and maybe your opponent has just, you know, slammed a pile of units in your center. You really want to respond with a counterattack there, but you can't because the only card you have is flanking maneuver, which is like, you know, a pincer on the left and the right. You you just have to make do, right? And so that's that's sort of the the engine there. Um, and so commands and colors is uh, there's a there's a there's battle cry which is like, um, which is a, a U.S. Civil War. There's a bunch. There's Memoir Forty Four, which is World War Two. There's um, Great War, which is World War One. There's Napoleon, which is obvious what that is. And then there's Ancients, which is like you know hoplites and Romans and stuff, right? Um, and so it's it's pretty simplified. Um, there's dice involved, obviously, but uh, it's it's not like you know there's a lot of nuance that is missing, right? So the next level up, I like to say, is sort of combat commander. And so the way this works, it's very similar. You have a hand of cards, which gives you give you uh, options to command your units around the table, uh, or around the hex map, rather. Um, and the cards have uh, a pair of, uh, they have a 2d6 roll printed on them, right? So there's actually like 2d6s with the faces. And so not only do the cards serve as your hand to command things. They also serve as dice rolls. So there's 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 no dice in the game. You just flip over the card on the top of your deck, sort of cycle the deck, and then there are also like random events that happen. Um, and so one of the things about combat combat commander is if you play it, you have to be okay with random shit happening and telling a story. It's you can be as tactically sound and calculating as you want to be, but occasionally you flip over that German. It's a World War Two game. In case that wasn't obvious. You, you, you flip over a card that says a German sniper like shoots your command platoon or something. You're like, well, that's it, right? Or like a mortar <laughs> lands and takes out your, you know, your Browning M2 squad. Like, it happens. It's war, right? It's pretty much, yeah, shit happens. Yeah, and so for a long time, I kept it on my shelf. I still have a bunch of my other GMT games, which I'm, which I'm the Commands and Colors games, because I'm thinking of keeping those for the kids eventually when they get older. Um, but Combat Commander, I let go. And the reason I let it go is because um, it is a game fundamentally about telling a, a, an interesting narrative that has a lot of complexity and agency within the narrative. But at the end of the day, um, the randomness, in this case from the cards, will dictate a lot of that narrative. And the experience is how you react to that random happenstance with your your friend and opponent um and that is the thing that you go and talk about right so you know i still remember a game that i played with like pj where you know uh, the, the that mortar story is from that game right it wiped out my browning mm -hmm. m2 squad and that collapsed the whole flank and and that was like 
I was doing great. That flank was holding, and I was like, "You can't get through here!" Ha ha ha! And all of a sudden, it was just gone. Um, <laughs> there he goes. Yeah, and so Bushido has replaced that for me. Um, sure. And so the you know Bushido is not. There's a lot of you know strategery and tactics in Bushido, and you can be very calculating there too. But like random shit happens, right? Like, it, Bushido is fundamentally a game of like. Everybody is hilariously overpowered unless they're hilariously underpowered by design. Yeah. Right. And random ass shit will happen and it's super funny and super entertaining. Uh, and you have to be okay with that walking in. Like your guy is going to get blow darted by a ninja and just like get wiped out in one go. That's it. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting game. Like kind of like the crit, you know, thing in yeah. infinity. Um, but like you said, everything feels ridiculously good in the game. Um, I really like Bushido. Yeah. Uh, I, um, but yeah, but you, like you said, you have to know that going into the game, right? Yeah. Like you're hyper lethal. You're like hyper lethal mega Chad ninja dude is also like one, you know, one or two rolls away from just getting pasted right. by someone else that happens to be nearby. Yeah. Like if, if I ever, I haven't played fan yet, but he plays the Oni faction and there's that one Oni with the big fucking Buddha head that he can like chuck it. Oh you, yeah. Right. So if my ninja is like ever in the open because like I fuck up my move, I was going to get Buddha headed in the face and that ninja is going to be like a red smear. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I have to be okay with that if I'm sitting down for a game of Bushido. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah, but you know, you definitely like you feel really good when you kill something and really bad when you're when the yeah. enemy kills you right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> Wait so, a minute, this is supposed to be fun for book for just me. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think really you know so you know we talked about heavy gears is our combined arms game that we like um, mostly because classic BattleTech is just like way too crunchy for dads <laughs> who have young kids. For for kids, uh, right. you know, who are in college, it's probably fine, but not for toddlers. Um, and and then like Bushido is the is the random, it's it's the narrative generator game, right? And it so happens to be of a uh, of a genre and you know skinning, I guess, right? So it's it's flavored mm -hmm. Japan, right? Like a, a Japanese um, uh, lore, right? So. Yeah. If you, if you like that and you want a narrative generator with some agency, that's a good game. If you want a different game, if you want like if you like, you know, fairies and goblins and like, you know, frumpy nobles and stuff, then check out Moonstone. So Moonstone is Yeah, so okay, so going back to like so some of the games that like I intend on keeping around on my shelf, right? Um I'm going to keep a faction for heavy gear and a faction for infinity available at all times. Um, but like, I'm not saying goodbye to any moonstone. Yeah. Like it's, 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 that is actually really interesting as a, like a secondary game sure. because the collections are so small. Yep. You know, I think there's less than four. I think there's, well, there might be over 40, but maybe 50 or fewer models in the entire line. So you right, could own the whole is, thing, know, and it would be smaller than most Infinity armies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It'd be, it'd be smaller. Than, it'd be like the size of a sectoral. Yeah. Um, and like that's really cool. And the, the sculpts are really unique and interesting. The gameplay is super different. Um, 
I like to me, it's still probably one of the funnest games ever. Like just to sit down and play that game, you you you're always just like dying having a great time. It is like for somebody who doesn't in like I appreciate the system. Uh, I have very decisively confirmed that it's not a system that I want. Like it's not it's not my jam. I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did enjoy every game of it that I played with you when we were preparing for the show. Right. Yeah. It is. It is a lot of fun. Um, but you know, when I'm making a personal choice about what I'm keeping, it, it didn't make the cut. Um, but yeah, it is. It is sure. a very fun game. <laughs> and it said, "I have all your fairies." Yeah. Right. It's only added like nine models. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh-huh. I, I think that also shows in in the uh, kind of side games that we're keeping. Right. Heavy Gear really is not a a game that you can you can have a small army for. I mean, you have to be very specific. Yeah, it kind of commands a large collection, which is yeah. which is your. So that's like an interesting thing going back to like why I'm keeping the combined out because it's actually I all of the combined takes up less shelf space than, for instance, all of Ariadna. Right. Huh. And. Like literally on my shelves, my Ariadna takes up three of my shelf, sure. my shelves to fit out there, and the combined has two with plenty of room to spare. Mm. Uh, and I have every sculpt available for both, right? Um, and just that there, it takes up a ton of room to have Ariadna, and so much of the stu- so much of the stuff in Ariadna is the overlap. Yeah, right. Your like Kazakhs, your metros, your volunteers, volunteers. And there's like no, there's minimal difference between them. Uh, to answer CSPO's question about heavy gear, why is it? Why do you need a huge collection? Um, so there's a there was a design design decision made in the heavy gear design space where um, you the designer wants to give you as many options as possible, and I think that's fundamentally different than Infinity. Infinity at its core is designed to be it was it was started as life as a role playing game right and moved into sort of a competitive war game and part of the competition like the competitive side of it and the the i, I guess uh, that's, that's not the right framing the framing is part of like the the decision making and list building is interesting because of the limitations right so i'm picking a sectorial yeah. Uh, I'm I'm intentionally removing access to a very large model pool and a lot of you know tactical flexibility and toolkit to gain some additional power in either you know unique named characters like McMurrow in in in, um, in Corregidor for example um, and also access to link teams and you know higher AVA right Heavy Gear chose a different tag it sort of stayed true to its 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 RPG roots and um, uh, BTI uh, Black 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 Talons is a great example. So a little bit of lore for those not familiar with um, the Heavy Gear universe. Heavy Gear is based in a planet called Terra Nova. There's a bunch of Terra Nova factions, right? And um, there's also sort of the Invader factions, which is uh, Earth, isn't uh, which is the CEF, and then of course all the other ones that sort of surround it, like Eden, um, Utopia, Caprice, and stuff. And so they show up, and there's a big fight, um, and Basically, what this it's it's all at war with many sub factions, 
And in such a rich RPG narrative space, why wouldn't um, there be a situation where, uh, you know, uh, the South hangs out with New Cole, which are two Terranovan factions, mm-hmm. and they sort of gang up and fight CEF. Like, why wouldn't that be the case? Of course that would happen, yeah. right? There's a big, bad invading force. I mean, you know, it's like in the Independence Day scenario, the big, you know, enemy mothership shows up. Of course, you know, the U.S. and China, or, you know, the U.S. and Russia, or pick your whatever, you know, normal antagonists um, would set aside their differences, gang together and fight. And so you have all these like sub options of like, yeah, you can play faction A and take basically the entirety of faction B's roster, right? And then to add to the complexity, Black Talons is the creme, creme de la creme SEAL Team 6 of, of the Terranovan forces. And um, of course they would draw from the line troops of of uh, of all the Terranovan factions. And of course they would insert themselves as like sort of... Um, Agent provocateurs in into you know the the other um, colonies like Utopia and Caprice and like sort of uh, foment revolution and so you can, you can play Black Talons with a bunch of Terranovan forces you can play Black Talons with a bunch of um, you know invader invader factions so basically if you play Black Talons basically every model with very few exceptions is legal in your list right so yeah. it's just like yeah, and if you here's the thing: like you could have a smaller collection and play fairly casually and still have a, a plenty of a good time, right. right? But if you really want to, if you really want to like get good, right? If you really want to explore all of the options available in a faction, you need a you need a ton, right? Well, there's also a and slight difference. Even with, yeah, good. I was gonna say even without allies, right? Right. So like North was my biggest army. It just has tons of, you know, there's 12 different hunter variants, right? And then, you know, a lot of times you, that's a game that rewards redundancy, yep. I feel like. So it's like, okay, so if there's 12 of them and I want to have two of each, that's 24 hunters, you know, right there. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, there are very few units in the game where it's like one feels enough outside of Black Talon native gears. Uh, yeah. That's only because you can't afford to in Black Talons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. Like, whoa, there are two vultures? Like, this back is, off, buddy. Whoa, like, time out. <laughs> slowly, yeah. slowly roll. Um, yeah. And, 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 but, and to be clear, I think we have a slightly different relationship with, to the game because, you know, we were testing it for a while. Yeah. Right? And so part of our, quote-unquote, duty as testers is to, you know, try all the profiles. Um, and yeah. then also, you know, there are a lot of, um, it's a D6 based system. And as a result, the, the spread of stats and the war gear, right. Available to troops is sometimes pretty nuanced and small. Um, it's not really that big of a deal if you have like one version of hunter versus another, but you know, if you're really trying to min max it, the difference does matter. And of course, Adam and I's personalities were collectors and we want to have all the sculpts so that sort of leads to this big explosion yeah um and yeah so it, it can lead to you know, adding more and more like oh i haven't tried this variant of of grizzly i haven't tried that variant of bear and then suddenly 
you have a ton of models. Yeah, um, no, I'll, I'll turn this around to to sort of you know put you on blast, so to speak. Which is, I I think a lot of, you know, so I mean you know you have two two young children. They're occupying a lot of your time, especially on weekends and stuff, right? Like I think before I had kids, you were like. Uh, free time is after the kids go to bed, not weekends, because weekends is the least the least free time that I have, right? Yeah. Uh, and for me, we you know I I was working with no kids, and so weekends was the only free time I had. Um. And uh, as a result, your hobby time became, you know, the time you could actually physically do hobby, which was during work meetings when you would assemble models. Right? Yeah. And so for you, a lot of the appeal of heavy gear was the conversion space, right? Like, yeah. oh, I could make this exact version of the Hunter. And not only am I going to do that, I'm going to physically alter the model to be lore accurate and remove armor plating Store. and add like whatever random thing that the lore says this model has. Mm -hmm. And so that became yeah. what, what you were looking for in the game was a conversion opportunity. In fact, there was a long debate sort of behind the scenes where I was trying to be a good friend and being like, don't start, you know, don't start new coal. Don't do that to yourself, right? There's right. so much you have on your plate already. You've been complaining to me about not playing enough Infinity, and now you want to start a completely new heavy gear army, right? Well, so, <laughs> you know, to make things crazy for new coal, right? Because that's what I wanted to do. Um... Well, I was talking to Kata. Up. Kata, yeah. And that was going to be the literally cherry pick any model from any of the native Terranovan factions <laughs> right. and make them each unique characters. Yes, yes. Convert the living daylights out of it, right? And that was, that was going to be That sounds fun. like. Yeah, that was going to be fun for you. <laughs> that's, that's my nightmare and your dream, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, no, I'm just going to proxy everything. It'll be fine. I'll take the stock thing and be like, that's a cool duelist with extra guns and like spikes and shit. And like, that's that's the duelist. It's fine. Uh, but, you know, like you're like, no, I'm going to convert exactly that. And then and then I have a different idea for a duelist. So I'll convert that too. And then what if this duelist had a cape? Right? Yeah, pretty much. So. <laughs> yeah, accurate. So uh yeah, aligning aligning what you want uh, is important but yeah that was a bit of a tangent for why uh heavy gear armies tend to get so big um out of control which is also why i think we're both cutting that way back um, yeah i mean i think really what it boiled down to was like hey there's you know 52 weeks in a year uh, i get a game in a week most of those games are going to be infinity uh mm -hmm. am i really going to put these models on the table and if not should somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. well, I was just thinking, like, and I legit want to play the hell out of Old World. And, yeah. like, I would like to play some Horus Heresy, but what is some? Is that like once a quarter? Sure. Right. So that's still 10% of my gaming time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's a crazy statement, right? Like, once a quarter, 10% of your gaming time. So but like if you're if you're averaging out one week, I mean a little less than ten percent, but still, sure, sure, um, sure. if you're averaging out a game a week, like yeah. it, it adds up. Um, you know, it's not like when 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 I was really into fantasy and forty k, and I could get three games in a week, and was doing that regularly. Like that's a totally different thing. Yep. Exactly. 
Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So, so going back to CSPO's point, um, when I got rid of my combined the first time, um, I gifted the entire lot to uh, a very close friend as their wedding present. And uh, they're, they've painted them to a standard that I can never achieve. Uh, and they've really enjoyed playing them in tournaments and stuff. So I think that was uh, absolutely well, uh, you know, uh, uh, an excellent way to, to pass those on. And it just so happens that I got back into it, but I'm being very um, judicious with what I acquire. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, and I'm like the opposite. I'm like, I want everything that I can play in this faction. Yeah. And so what is this night? What is a small compact faction to, to play? You know, for instance, uh, approaching the old world, right? With Warhammer Fantasy and looking at the different factions that are available. I was like, oh man, I want to do Tomb Kings. I want to have bring back my old like phalanx of skeleton spears. And it's like, cool. So I, do I want to paint a hundred skeletons again? No. Yeah. Uh, I you don't. Know, you no longer yeah. work at GW where your day job is painting minis. Yeah. And like, that's only like a fraction of the army. There's so many other cool units between yeah. like the, the, um, the sepulchral stalkers, the sphinxes, the necro sphinx, the like all this rad stuff. And then it's like, how big of a collection is that? Um, where Bretona is another army that I've also uh, actually, my, right before Age of Sigmar, I was full in uh, because there were rumors of a Bretonan army refresh coming. I was like, that's it. That's I'm finally going to do them again. I played them in sixth. I wanted to do them in eighth. Uh, and then Age of Sigmar happened. Um, and even then, I was very close to buying them for early Age of Sigmar when they still had rules for all the old Warhammer Fantasy factions. Um, and I just never did, and I was always bumped. Um, yeah. But with that coming back out, Bretonans actually have a really narrow scope of what's in the army. There's like three different kinds of knights, one, you know, two different types of infantry, mm-hmm. um, some characters, and one trebuchet. Like, it's a very small... If you think about it in terms of a collection, there's not a lot of different stuff to get to feel like you are able to then explore all of the corners of the faction. And I really like exploring the corners of a faction. Yeah, me too. I think, yeah, I was like, you definitely like doing that. We like playing all the weird shit. Yeah, I mean, like, it's in there, right? Like, why am I yeah. not trying this out? Uh, and, like, the surest way to get me to play something is to be like, X is bad. And I'll be like, all right. <laughs> to the army builder for this game. I mean, geez, I remember in N3 when you and I were messing around with Hakazam lists, they had the, um, I don't even remember their name. They were like mech deploy. Halka. Halka, yeah, like basic infantry, but they have mech deploy. And it's like, well, that's actually kind of interesting. How come yeah. nobody takes these things? And it's like, because they haven't made a model for them in 12 years. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get them either. I've tried. I was No, for the yeah. Halka. They're, bas- they're basically Ghulam with cool helmets. That's really all it is. Um, but you know, rumors rumor has it that uh, Conate's coming. So there you we'll go. See. They, could, we'll they see. could be coming back, but but now Mechdeploy is and totally that's, different. That's not gone. secret information. That's just like crap people have sort of theory crafted on the internet. Yeah. But um, yeah, we like exploring the corners, right? So yeah. if I know that about myself going into what I want to keep, like does the faction actually offer interesting corners to explore? And so, like, that's one thing I'll say, like, I, if I were to ever downsize my Ariadna collection, I'd probably just keep Tack. Because I feel like that gets me most, that gets me the most of what Ariadna does um, in one faction. 
like Cosmo Flot is cool, but there's no there, you, you don't get the the bikes in Cosmo Flot. Yep. I guess Tac doesn't get warbands really the way the other ones do. Um, they have some very but, high quality warbands though. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, just different warbands. Yeah. One one um, thing that's been really interesting to me is uh, ever since I started this duos only journey this year, uh, it's made list building fun again. Um, oh because, sure. Because like for for the like I feel like you know I I, I, I used to, I used to make the statement about like I used to play a lot of Counter Strike when I was younger, right? So I I played like before one right? Back when the Colt had a scope. Um, oh. and, and there was this sort of like progression you would go through of like what gun you chose and like where you were in your skill journey. Uh, and then I feel like the same is true for infinity list building. Um, you know, just sort of talking about this with you and other people uh, in our meta, it's like, there's this, this, when you first get into infinity, you just sort of like live in the list builder app and you're like, you're constantly like, you know, spamming the discord. It's like, what do you think of this? Is this good? You're like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What mission is it for, right? Uh, and then, so yep. like, once once you sort of leave that, and you've got a bunch of games under your belt, and you've lost a bunch of stuff in deployment, and you sort of figure out like, oh, I need to like not leave everything up for arrow, and you get to like the sort of the middle phase of your development. Now you're list building for missions, and you're thinking about a tournament, and you're sort of just like you know figuring that out. And then you you graduate past that, and you're like, okay, uh, I don't spend any time in the list builder unless I'm prepping for a tournament, right? And it's yeah. it's no longer it's no longer fun for me if I'm on, if I'm gonna be on if I'm gonna be on my phone and like messing around with an app, maybe I'll just like sort of like veg out and watch Critical Role on YouTube or something and like that's my phone time instead of like being in the list builder app. And uh, and now that I've switched to duos only, it's made me revisit factions that I'm just kind of like eh, I don't know if I really want to play this right now. I'm like, can I do something interesting? With duos only out of this faction, um, and what what I've sort of discovered is that some factions are very amenable to this. I mean, obviously, vanillas are very amenable to this because that's sort of like their thing, right? But there are a bunch of sectorials that have a hard time, um, and I haven't really explored all of it. Like, I think um, NCA is a good example of stuff that kind of like has trouble with duos that I've sort of been figuring out. Uh, ASA as well, Acon, I guess if you want to call it that. Um, and so just like looking at factions and exploring the the weeds of this weird list building constraint that I've given myself um, has made me think about the faction in a different way about like what whether I want it or not in my collection. Uh, can I can I do this? super bizarre list building prompt with this faction explore the corner and if i can't maybe this isn't a faction i need to keep yeah that's i mean that's interesting like i like it's actually funny you mentioned like list building being fun again uh just playing vanilla has made that more interesting for me mm-hmm. um just like you like getting rid of they're getting rid of links but we've been we've said this forever yeah right like the links actually put more restrictions on you in a player that a lot of people just accept. Yep. Uh, and the the benefits for those restrictions, like making a good unit, making a good unit better at shooting, doesn't like so what? Like if you're a good unit, you win the face to face role for shooting. Like if if that if your mental math is that already, yep. then it's not accomplishing anything. Yep. 
Uh, what is the actual like, value at? I remember, you know, this was this was like an N, an N two and I guess an N three thing, right? People are like, why would I ever take Karakuri because I have to take three? And you're like, what do you mean you have to take three? Right? Yeah. You're like, well, it's a Harris. One Karakuri's monster. And you're like, yeah, but also you could not, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you don't have the links, suddenly you start looking at how to use a one-off unit, like 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 the Karakuri example there. Um, and the answer is it usually works almost as well. There might be the occasional face-to-face roll. Maybe it doesn't win, but it would have. But, like, ultimately, you're still usually putting it in the active turn with a good unit. You're still usually putting it in the enemy. So, like, whoa, who cares? Um, so I've been enjoying going back and building a vanilla combined list for the similar reason. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. What other games am I saying goodbye to? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep Takure, but it's because it all fits in one small box, similar thing to, um, sure. to, uh, Moonstone, mm-hmm. but it is, it, I, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it very strongly because it doesn't, it's a, it's a good game, but to me, it doesn't scratch a different itch that Blood Bowl scratches. Sure. It, to me, it scratches the same itch. And I absolutely love the, the madcap insanity of Blood Bowl, which I feel like Takuri designed out, right? Like Takuri wanted to have the infinity approach to a sports ball game. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I think, I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison, right? Like your, your Blood Bowl for you is a bit of that narrative generating game. Right, you're like, and then yeah. my halfling died on the on the end, like right before the end zone because he had a heart attack and rolled a one on the GFI, right? Like that yeah. was it. It happened. It's dead now. Wah, wah. Yeah, and it's 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 a game that that like I want to win in spite of the rules being against me. Yes. Which um, <laughs> which uh, to Curry, I think to Curry is probably a a. This this might anger some people. I would say a better tournament game. Yep. But I think it it is if you're looking at a tournament game from the context of it's also less um, infuriating. It is a lot less tilting. Yep. Um, but yeah, like with the context of being a balanced like a a balanced game uh, with very predictable results and you know leaning more heavily on uh, player skill. Mm-hmm. Um, then then to is better for that but that's less i don't have time for that i don't how many tournament games do i have time for right yeah how many tournaments can you physically get to yeah so i'm i'm holding off on getting rid of it because it is so small um honestly the big the bigger the bigger things to go are the bigger collections yeah um this is because it's so much physical space yeah absolutely yeah, another another huge decision that I made very recently uh, in terms of just you talked about physical space uh, is the idea of mental space as well. So I made the very difficult decision between last show and this show to stop actively developing Jovian rules, um, and this was I think something a long time coming for me. Um, I just had to really take a I, to be I mean to be frank, right like. Was I actually developing Jovian Wars over the last year? Now that the kids were like really up and about and going to daycare and stuff, and like 
anytime I would sit down to like think about Jovian Wars, like they would throw up or spike a fever or some some kid <laughs> thing, right? Or like knock over throwing up sounds accurate. or what do you know some like ridiculous thing. Um, yeah, you know you you, you hear like you know the uh, like the the stereotype you know idealizes you know platonic ideal of a kid, right? Just like vomit everywhere. Um, you know, I was like, was I actually developing it? Do I actually do anything beyond just like chatting about it on the show or with friends or with Elise or something like that and, and sort of ideating about it? Uh, and, you know, I, I, I think it's a great game. I think I'm, I'm proud of the work I put in. I'm very thankful to Elise and Tony for putting all the time they did. And, and of course, all, you know, all the other squadrons that helped Gold Squadron, especially in, um, in Houston, uh, who also put a huge amount of time in uh of uh just like playing the game and giving me feedback uh you know at the end of the day right like rob over at dp9 is on a schedule he has to put out the game he has to put out models he has to do all this stuff um and i was actively holding it back not through action but in action uh and mm. so i made mm -hmm. a difficult decision i was like look it's a great game it's a great concept i'm proud of what i did i'm going to hand off the baton to somebody else um, and so to be 100% clear, the game's not going anywhere. If you bought in, the rules are around. You can go to jovianwars.blog, find everything. I'm going to keep it up for a while, perhaps indefinitely. It's not a huge deal for me to... Uh, like I, I originally started with the idea of like closing everything, everything down at the end of March, just sort of just have like a timeline. Um, and the reason for that was primarily because if DP9 chooses, chooses to go to a different direction of where I was taking it, or they want to update the rules, I didn't want to be in a position where like a thing existed on the internet that was in con, you know, in contradiction to what they were doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wanted there to be a single source of truth. That's DreamPod nine. Um, so whatever they do goes as far as joking was concerned. Right. Um, but you know, I, I just, I just couldn't find the time to do it. And it was really weighing on me because it was like, well, I could do work on Jovian wars or I could sleep. Right, that was a choice that I faced a lot. Um, I could I could work on this battle report for Infinity, or I could work on Jovian Wars, or I could you know like when I was taking home taking care of the kids, I was like I could eat, or work on Jovian Wars, right? Uh, and mm -hmm. it was like I I don't want to live in this space anymore. I, I it's not fun anymore. Uh, I just like there there's there's plenty of people in the local area that have that have models for this game, but are also parents right yeah and trying to schedule a game with them where they have the, the the mental space to play a game with rules that are only in my head and not written out and i'm too tired to explain them adequately and i may remember them halfway through the game i was just like this is not this is not good <laughs> I, sure. I shouldn't i shouldn't do this uh to the to the game to the community um, and so, you know, I was like, right, the last, the last thing I put out is a, is a coherent functional game. There's, there's, you know, of course, balance problems that need to get sorted. There's a couple of mechanics that I didn't make it in that I haven't quite fully fleshed out, but it is a functional war game. You can play it with the models that, you know, DreamPod 9 sells. Um, and so, you know, right now, to the best of my knowledge, there isn't a, a, you know, uh, a plan of record as to like who the new line designer will be. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I'm here if any. Like, I'm still going to answer rules questions if anybody has them. You can find me on the Jovian Wars Discord or whatever. Um, but you know, like, uh, I I just I decided I 
or I told Junpa Nine management, I was like, hey, look, um, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for taking a chance on me. But I can't in good conscience, like, keep working on this. It's weighing on my, you know, it's just, just it's, a, it's an albatross, right? It's just, like, dragging me down and making me actively stressed and, and, and shameful about, you know, my contribution. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be in the headspace anymore. So I made a decision to, to stop. Sure. Um, yeah, I, it's, it was, you, you put a lot of work into it. Um, I liked a lot of the directions that, that you're going with it. Hopefully, you know, the, uh, those directions continue to get explored or at least the, uh, the, you know, the fun ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it does take a lot of work to make a game <laughs> and like, it's, you know, it's, who's got, who's got time for that? Um, you know, especially if it's not your, your, your full-time job. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, we have, <laughs> there's, there's the work of doing work. There's work of being a dad. There's the work of, you know, the show and on all the infinity community stuff. And then also making it, I was like, at some point, right. You know, listen, listen to your therapist and maybe like pull back a little. Kind of thing. Right. Right. So, you, so what do you, what are, what games do you think you're going to really uh, play this year? I mean, Infinity is definitely in in the is is the number one slot. Um, sure. I I've at this point am you know like I, I like I said in the game design episode a couple episodes ago, um, I'm looking for ways to express myself creatively on the table, and I'm at the point in my understanding and um, you know uh, familiarity and comfort with the rules and the systems that are in place in Infinity that I feel like I can do that with very little mental effort. Uh, and the mental effort is then spending, spend, spent sparring with my opponent and not sparring with the system and my opponent. Um, sure, and sure. So that allows me to be expressive. That allows me to be creative. Um, and that's what I want out of the wargaming experience. And I'm already plugged into the community. Um, and like it just feels, it feels right. It feels good. Um, but I still want... Uh, other other experiences out of wargaming so you know i want that sort of like random shit happens and it's hilarious uh aspect of of uh bushido that i get out of that game and then i think the third game that i'll play um is of course heavy gear because um it is you know for for our our strange uh relationship with the game and the fact that you know we're fans and for for uh for a while we were testing it right um, mm-hmm. and of course we developed HTTPS or hug butts um, <laughs> you know the, the, there's a lot of uh, sort of inside baseball I guess that we've had access to sure um, over over the past couple of years uh, that have really influenced my the way I look at the game it's still a fun as hell combined arm robot game yeah right and that's what I want out of it and I'm getting that and you know we can go back and forth about like Oh, do we agree with every design decision that was made? You know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but it's still fun as hell, and I really like the idea of coring your robot with a laser. And I'm going to continue yeah. seeking that, uh, seeking that experience. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt that you know a bunch of people just got in over at Shiv. Yeah. Um, so there'll be ample people to play there. I mean, so for me, yeah, it's definitely uh, Infinity, right? Um. 
And then it's, I'm, I know that I'm going to play plenty of Old World. I think the trouble that I'm going to run into with Old World, though, is community. Sure. Right? Um, and that's because I feel like GW, GW communities feel very insular. Um, there's not a lot of over, like, reaching outside of GW branded products. And I have no interest in, like, finding a new game store with a new game night. Um, sure. You know, to, to show up for it and, and to play. Um, so, but I'll, I'll definitely be playing plenty of it, but it'll probably be mostly tournaments and weekend games at Shiv when I can, which will be not as often as I will want. Um, but it's funny because similar to what you said about being able to, like, the, the rules are so internalized. I feel that way about um, about uh, Old World as well, or Warhammer Fantasy as well. Um, there are lots of changes, but to me, this is about is different. It feels like an addition change. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like this. This is. Uh, I think you know if you if you go back in history in terms of like our formative miniature wargaming experiences, Infinity is the first game that I really got into. Right, I played 40k. Okay. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't consider sure. myself like a real 40k player. Um, my bank account says otherwise, right? But, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, like I, I really got into, into Infinity, uh, and you know, Warhammer Fantasy was a, a huge part of your sort of competitive mini war game yeah. experience. That's what got me into competitive gaming. Like, yeah, I played, I played 40k like starting in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, but like fantasy is where I really got into tournaments, and I played that. Yeah. I played tur- fantasy tournaments really hard through seventh and eighth edition. Uh, right up until the end of uh, Warhammer Fantasy. Um, so for me, like, I'm reading all these new rules coming through, and people are like, oh, my God, rank bonuses. And I was like, it's the exact same as it was. Like, why are you freaking out? Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I, think, I think the only the only games that I've played competitively are Magic the Gathering, Netrunner, and Infinity. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, so for me, it's it's it feels like Homecoming, so I'm not too worried about um the rules i feel like i know enough about the rules already to be able to read through army lists and understand how things are going to function on the table um there's a lot of a lot of there's enough small changes that i'm like excited to see the nuanced differences mm-hmm. um and then of course um you'll be playing heavy gear with the guys at shiv um but i really want to i really want to like do a deep delve into bushido I really want to understand. I want to get good enough that I can start learning what other factions do. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that, well, I mean, so I was talking, I forget who I was talking to this about, uh, but I think it was Than. But it was like, do you ever really need to know that? I mean, like, to be hyper competitive, sure, but is Bushido a hyper competitive game? And I, I question that. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it maybe could be, but like, knowing not to get you know which of the two ninjas is the least bad for me to get close to right sure yeah yeah um and why right (laughs) like um those kinds of things don't assume that this wall is going to protect me because you've got uh you know phantom on the other side is going to walk right through it right right um things like that where you can at least know enough about the other factions to make to change some of your behavior on the table based on the opponents you're facing. Mm-hmm. Like that would be kind of cool. Like I don't have to memorize what all their rules do exactly for every unit, 
Um, I, w- I was that way for Warhammer Fantasy. I could regurgitate any stat, any point value from any book. I can yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't need to do that for uh, for Bushido, but I said getting getting good enough to to be able to see that on the table would be fun. I mean, I kind of like that I'm not good at Bushido, right? Because right, it, like it, it gets to surprise you. Yeah, it gets to be. I mean, it it really is the. Because I mean, like, like I, I feel like the the huge draw of Bushido is the anime tropes, right? Sure. It's just like, Nani, right? Like yeah. they've activated <laughs> the secret technique, right? And 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 you kind of lose that a little bit. Um, I guess I guess there is the also anime trope of the guy with the glasses who's just like they've done the thing, right? <laughs> Perfect. So, so you know, there's there's a bit of that too. I mean, I, it it is what you want out of it, um, but you know, Bushido is firmly in secondary game status for me. Yeah, uh, and because of that, I feel like I can give myself permission to be like, yeah, it's fine if I don't hundred percent. You know. Yeah, it, you know, it's honestly the same thing with Moonstone. Like, yeah, I don't need to memorize what every single card does in Moonstone to enjoy that game at all. Yeah, like. It's similar. It's actually kind of fun being like, "Oh crap! How do I solve this problem? I didn't know I had." Yep. Um. But yeah, so I, I think that in, uh, for me, Infinity and Old World will be vying for uh, for spot. for first place. Yeah. For me, um, but it's it's because the rules are internalized for both of them. Sure. Um. Yeah. And then anything else will 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 be secondary tertiary. I'd like to give Alpha Strike a chance. I would love to do that because I mean I've always been a huge BattleTech nerd, um, but I yeah. also don't want to roll for hit location anymore. That's not a thing that I want to do with my time. Uh, I will play the BattleTech PC game because it does it for me automatically, right? Does it do all the math? Is it yeah, is yeah, it yeah, working totally. accurate? Yeah, yeah, it it does it does do the math. Yeah, that's an, look, I didn't, I didn't realize it was too, right. Sure. Um, but yeah, like I'd like to give Alpha Strike a try. Like that's the uh, I would say the 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 more popular Mecha Robot Punchy Stompy game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many people are actually out there playing Classic. I do see a lot of people out there playing Alpha Strike. So, well, I mean, what's funny is I reached out to Cameron. Uh, I was like, "Hey, Cameron, do you want to come on this?" Because I know he's a, he's you know he's he's, uh, he's country fried minis, right? He's he's all into yeah. He's all into BattleTech, and his, a lot of his uh, his channel was about that. And I was like, "Hey." If anybody knows about Alpha Strike, it's probably our friend Cameron. I reached out and I was like, hey, do you want to come on the show and talk about Alpha Strike? He's like, uh, no, because I only play classic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. I mean, we, you, you, you taught me classic. I did. That was a hard, like, three hours of dealing with four mechs. Yeah. Getting yeah. Two I mean, turns. I, yeah. That was, that was, a, that was a bit of a slog. It was also because you weren't running around with the UAC twenties, and which will just core a mech in one one roll. But right, uh, yeah, I, get, I I think when when a game characterizes a weapon system as a, like a, a sanding down the opponent's mech, <laughs> right? It's just like okay, maybe this isn't the game for me right now. Um, right, there's this better like, get out that one twenty grit. Like let's really get yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like. All right, I, I I love the idea of BattleTech. I had so much fun playing it when I was 
you know, uh, a single graduate student who lived in a in a game store, right? Like that sure. was the the golden age of BattleTech gaming for me. I had so much fun, you know, being a GM for it, uh, playing through a campaign of Two Kid, right? Like it was it was truly uh, a, a really formative experience in my miniature wargaming career. Uh, I look back on it and all the friends I made with great fondness, but I cannot dedicate that time now. <laughs> to have like two or three full lances on the table for a side. Yeah, and... it's intense, right? It's, I mean, like a month. Yeah, and I, I, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think a BattleTech is a game that frankly respects your time. Right. Okay. I mean, what like, do you mean by that? Like I so so for example, um, the way we used to play BattleTech um, when I was a graduate student is we would plan out all our moves, declare all of our shooting, and we played. Uh, you know, this this was more of a, a physical thing than than uh, a play aid thing. We had a big sheet of plexiglass that we would put down on top of all of the various disparate hex sheets, right, to like uh -huh. keep them from blowing away, or like the one guy like bumps a thing and like sneezes and all the stuff goes everywhere right like just to keep yeah, yeah. things physically in place um and what we would do is we would write like okay you know i'm shooting at you with a large laser on this number you know this target number i'm shooting at you with an lrm 20 on this target number there's two machine guns coming in at this target number and then basically after we had moved everything calculated all the target numbers and then like written down everything that was supposed to resolve because everything resolved simultaneously right We'd be like, okay, you know, Adam, you handle the resolution of these three mechs. You handle the resolution of these two mechs. I'll handle the resolution of these two mechs. And then we would just like in silence roll a bunch of things, right? Consult a bunch of tables. And then like be like, oh, can I have the, you know, like, you know, because we were all sharing the, t the table cards, uh -huh. right? Be like, oh, can I borrow? Yeah, thanks. And then we do the thing. We write the whole thing. And then be like, okay. And then we would get to the owner of the mech and we would queue everything up and be like, okay. Five points to the center torso, two points to the, you know, you took an SRM hit to this, you know, the left torso and like left leg. And it was just be like, why? Right. I mean, like, <laughs> is this, is this experience adding to anything? Right. It's math of the game. Yeah. It's math of the game. I mean, there's so much, there's so much decision making up to that point. But then, like, most of the, like, there were people that lived 45 minutes away one way from the game store we were playing at. And this was in, you know, upstate New York. And in the winter, it was dangerous to go home at like two in the morning when it was icy and there's no, there's no lights, right? Because you're on like some mm -hmm. podunk back alley road. So, you know, these are people who are, you know, risking life and limb, not to be overly dramatic about it, to like come here and then spend most of their time rolling dice and consulting charts and not making any decision. Right, there's no decision to be made there. You're just you're just turning the crank, right? Um, yeah, and it's just like, why? Uh, and I think it works excellently as a as a, a video game, right? Or as a mm -hmm. as a computer assisted game. Um, but you know, the, I just don't have time to be doing all that housekeeping. Sure, and that's actually like an interesting point. That that's why we liked Heavy Gear when we started playing it, right? Yeah. Was because it's like here's a game where I can get my I can get my mech jollies and I can finish in a normal amount of time. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that finishing in a normal amount of time also is something really interesting, right? So it's like, I might, you know, by, by this time next year, I might have gotten rid of my Horus Heresy, right? Just because it requires, similar to many other GW games, it requires so much stuff to feel like you have a, a faction, an army, a representation of an army. Um, and like, does it respect your, similar to your time, does it respect your space? It certainly doesn't respect your wallet. <laughs> yeah. That's, Especially a GW game, right? Like, yeah. Wallet respect. What's that? You want yeah. more wallet? Okay, uh, here's more wallet. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I think. I think if you really get down to it, right? There's so much. Like, why do we? Why do we partake in this hobby? One is, you know, like, to be frank, it doesn't matter like where you are in life, what your what your you know. Socioeconomic status is like the world is a scary place. Right, uh, we lack a lot of agency in you know the quote unquote real grown up world, um, and so you know at least I'm speaking very honestly, I come to miniature wargaming looking for agency, right? In a no stakes environment, I want to play a game where I feel like I have control, um, and do something cool and share a narrative with my friends, and sometimes that you know takes the shape of miniature world. Uh, uh, miniature wargaming sometimes it takes the place of like role-playing games where you can pretend to be something that you're not trying on a different identity a different gender uh, a different worldview um, and just sort of explore that space in a safe way um, and it takes time and effort to do that uh, oftentimes especially in role-playing at great um, emotional uh not risk, but like vulnerability, I guess is the way to put it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to be fighting a game system to achieve that, right? Like if I if I wanted to do work, I have a nine to five for that, and I get paid for that. Yeah, yeah, it it is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not fun to play games that are work. It's fun to play games that are fun. Yeah. Right. And you know this, so, isn't, this isn't to say that like you know like I we you know, we've been quote unquote shitting on classic BattleTech for the last like five minutes or whatever it's been. If that's fun for you, great, right? Yeah, like, by all know, means. Yeah, like if you're if you're a CSPO saying like if you're a mentat from Dune and you're having a great time, do not let us yuck your yum. <laughs> do the thing, right? Fire those PPCs from that Goliath. Enjoy it. <laughs> if you're a mentat from Dune, this is the game for you. I mean, I just you know, roll like, your eyes in your back head. Yep. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. So you, we, we've talked a little bit about like our process for figuring out what games we want to play, yep. how to, how to kind of narrow our focus within that game we're playing. Um, now I've got this pile of models that I don't have to do with, uh, getting rid of your shit. <laughs> um, so you mentioned a minute ago, like you gave, an army to uh to one of our friends yep. um for their wedding present um obviously handing things off is nice i like to give away conversions that i like mm -hmm. so this kind of touches in um what we were saying earlier where it's like you know these models represent like what i was doing at a certain time and i really like converting my models um and so i want to see them right and so if i have a friend that plays the army that i and i've done some cool conversions with that army Oftentimes, I'll I'll hand off the conversion to them before I 
sell it at for you know a, a marginal price yeah. uh, because not everybody's going to appreciate the conversion work you do. As as the, the as pay- the as the often you know beneficiary of of this philosophy, I wholeheartedly endorse this approach. <laughs> I mean, it's something I love. I love doing it, um, but it also makes it harder to give away, you know, to sell the models when I get rid of them because, yeah. you know, to anyone else, they're just secondhand models. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you can give them away to obviously give them away to friends, sell them locally, sell them through local trade groups and discords and all that stuff. That's probably like, I think the best way to get rid of things. Um, it's very hard. It's a lot of work. Um, because you have to take pictures, you have to put it up, you have to negotiate with people. If they're your friends, they're easy to easy to negotiate with. If they're not your friends, they're more difficult to negotiate with. I mean, even um, even friends are hard to negotiate with sometimes too, right? Because uh, I mean, in some ways, I mean, it, it depends on how comfortable you are in these kinds of social situations. But you can you be like, well, I want to give my buddy a good day, a good deal, but I also want to make some of my some of my. Uh, my investment back, but I also know my buddy's financial situation, so I can't be too hard on them for this, sure. right? So it adds a lot of additional pressure, and then you're like, maybe I don't want to do this at all, and then it just sort of sits there, and, and it, it just sort of like is sad, right? So yeah, it's, it's very difficult to do that. Um, yeah. Um, but it's it is while it is more work, it's a lot less work than like putting things on eBay. Sure. I hate putting things on eBay. Like, it's so much work, and then it sells, and then like, crap, I have to get to the post office in the next three days. Right. It's like, when do I have time to go to the post office? Yeah, right. when do I have time to eat? Like, Let's go to the post office, exactly. Yeah. Um, but eBay is where you're going to get the best return, right? Yes. So if if you have limited edition models, if you have um, out-of-production stuff that's collectible, um, do yourself, you know, in, in you, or you just need the money, like, do yourself a favor, take the minute and eBay it. Um, the shipping is cheaper on eBay, which is kind of cool. Just put it in a box, weigh it, measure it, and put that in when you make your listing. Um, and you'll get a much better shipping rate than if you sh- than if you sell it privately and ship through uh, by taking it to the post office yourself. Yeah. Um, There's also pirate ship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't checked those prices yet. It's like um, thirty to forty percent ish discount. Nice. Um, <laughs> some new unassembled, out of production combined remotes. They're not worth anything. You can send them to Mailbag Elite Night Games. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I've I've been annoyed by things that I have sold privately that I wish I had sold on eBay. Um, sure. And so like, if, if it is something that is really valuable and, and you want to feel like you got the value out of it, do that. Just accept that it's going to be a pain in the butt yeah. um, going into it. Uh, there's also sometimes like game, like game swap meets that happen yeah. uh, at conventions. So if you, if you live near a place where they do an annual convention and they have an opportunity to go to the game swap, go there. Uh, but people are going to, you know, people go to those also to find a deal, right? So you're not going to get top dollar there. 
you do have the advantage of people knowing what it is that they're looking for. Uh, the other disadvantage is you then are going to have to take it there, and then you have to take it home, and you might have to pay to to enter as well. Yeah, and it, and and it's also like a time investment thing. You have to go there, right? Yeah, presumably a few hours. So, if all of this sounds like too much, ugh, I just want it gone, which is where you and I usually are. Um, there are uh, there are services like or like Mindtaker. Uh, is the one that's local to us. I'm pretty sure there are other ones in other places. I used to use somebody else in the Bay Area. They would like drive around and pick up loads of models. Um, but um, yeah, like they'll take everything, every single thing you you drop off there, they will pay you for, right? Um, or ship to them. Uh, but you are going to get the the lowest possible price, right? Because they have to then turn around and sell it. And get yeah, a margin on what they sell for. And pay for rent yeah, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not faulting them for that. Um, no, but you are. You are paying for the convenience. Uh, and it is really convenient. Yep. Um, so those are all. I mean, we. I have done personally every one of these ways of selling models. Um, I would say the game swap was my least favorite. It was fun to go to to buy models. It was not fun to go to to, to try to get rid of parts of a collection. Um, I've eBayed. I usually will eBay like an out of production, expensive models, things that are small and cheap to ship uh, that are worth a lot of money. A lot of money. I'll do that. Otherwise, I'll find someone like I said. I used to use somebody that used to drive around uh, and pick up people's models, and they would sell them on eBay. Um, or if there's not a big eBay seller near you. Um, somebody like Mindtaker, where you can ship them in, they'll give you a price. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, uh, I mean, I think, I think basically the the trade off is, um, if you want top dollar, you will have to invest your time. Your time is worth money, right? Yeah. So it's up to you to decide and evaluate how much time you, you know, how much how much money you want. And how much time you want? Yeah, to spend. I mean, I mean, like realistically, like let's say you even let's say you you value your free time at you know something really low, like ten dollars an hour, right? Which is below you know below minimum wage in a lot of places. And but if it's going to take you two extra hours of work to sell a model, did you get twenty more dollars out of that? Right. I don't know, um, but if you have. Also, on the flip side of the coin, right? If you have the time and need the money, then, then sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, you, you, you will pay for it. Um, yeah, it's it, what is that? That fast, cheap, and easy. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can get two out of three of those. You can't get all three. Yeah, and and just to just to hype up Mindtaker a little bit, they are incredibly easy. I was just I just visited my. My childhood home found a bunch of AD and D second edition books in mint condition because they've just been sitting in my parents' house for the last twenty years, um, and I boxed them up and I just handed them off and they asked they asked no questions. They're like, "We'll sell these." And that was that. Um, you know, they're they're pretty fantastic. They're super easy to work with. Um, yeah, can't say enough nice things about them. Uh, you know, again, you know they're they're going to take their cut. That's just the way it works. Uh, you're not going to yep. make. Full price that you would get on, say, eBay, 
Um, but there's literally, you know, I don't think any other any other uh, service outlets. Like, I just showed up unannounced with a SUV trunk full of random gaming shit. And I was like, can I leave this with you? And you will turn it into money at some point in the future? And they're like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Yep, pretty much. Uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, I'm I'm just mentioning this because I know people are interested. I just dropped off a load of patches at Mindtaker. So if you want them, and they do ship internationally, um, if you want uh-huh. uh, the Dragama Defense Coalition Nomad patch or the Uwu What's This Universal Worker Union patch, I dropped off a bunch at Mindtaker, and you can buy yours today. Well, that's cool from the uh, from the campaign. Yeah, so we'll just, just to... as a, a general um, general statement. Uh, I think the plan moving forward for the Infinity campaigns is we're going to um, keep the patches exclusive for a year and then uh, try to release the, the, I guess, the overstock, right, for lack of a better term, sure. um, the following year via Mindtaker. Because, I mean, like, we're just not, like, they're, they're logistically set up to ship internationally um, and, you know, onesies. And oh, my God, Sh- shipping, like, one single patch? Yeah, no, thank you. Hard pass. Here, here's the nightmare people don't realize about sending like or sending one model. Yep. And I discovered this when we were shipping all the limited edition models that we yeah, were yeah, having yeah, yeah, cast. Yeah. Um, this model is too thick. Yeah, you know, just this this probably little metal model in my hand is too thick this way to be considered an envelope and inflexible. Yep. So if I put this on an envelope, they're charging it like a package. Yep. Um, and that is not an inexpensive way to ship things. Yeah. Uh, and after ship one of them, like the shipping is going to be half the price of the damn model anyways. Um, if not the same and, price as the model. Yep. And patches in a padded envelope are oftentimes too thick to be considered an envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, I've run into and a couple of people. Also, like that, weird textile importing, importing rules and stuff. Oh, yeah. If you send them overseas. Yeah. And so, just like I, I want nothing to do with that. I just, I just, we just, you know, we, we just talked about how valuable time is, and yeah, uh, this is not something that we're set up to do, and and a store is. So, so rumor has it that's why CB changed their patches to deal with uh, international duties on embroidered versus woven patches, and like the size of it mattered. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, and maybe we'll get uh, Pete's, uh, the Wu Yan patch I designed for Pete up yes. somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy with how that one came out. Um, all right, so, yeah, after you, so so we've gotten rid of it, we've taken it, we've emptied the space, we've said goodbye to it, you know, we, we've separated what sparks joy uh, and kept that. Um, and then what? And the answer is take all that money and reinvest it in a bunch more shit, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that's exactly right. Or or the bills, old world is what I say. Right. But at the end of the day, well, right, it's just like I, I think I think really all we're advocating for is self care. Uh, you know, take a look at what you're enjoying out of the hobby, what you're not. Acknowledge the fact that that will change over time as your life situation changes. Uh, be it you know kids, changes at work. Um, just changes in interest, right? For whatever, and it might reason. change quickly. Yeah, like it might change mid-project. 
Yeah. Which is like the crazy thing. You know, we go back to like for me for building and converting all this stuff. Um, I don't have any time to build and convert when things get busy. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, so am I getting anything out of this game now that I can't do conversions for it? Or if, um, yeah, for whatever reason, the conversions aren't relevant, like that, that is meaningful. Right, you have to pay attention to that. And if it, if something changes and you're not feeling it anymore, like you could do what I feel like we often do, which is cool. I'll put it in a box and sit on it forever. Yeah. Right, because I don't want to get rid of these models because I because they brought me joy at one point in time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Figure, figure, like I said, figure out what you current. It's about your current needs, not your past needs. Your past needs are either have have either been met or not by now, right? They're gone. They're in the past. Um, so it's analyze. It's being able to look at your hobbies with respect to your present and I guess perceived future needs. Yeah, and I mean a lot of it. Like this, this is a tough a tough conversation for a lot of people, right? Because this is sort of especially if you're really holding on to a lot of stuff, right? There's the same. You know, I don't want to call people hoarders, but like it's like it's there's 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 a mental condition right like it's it's tough to get rid of stuff and it can go all the way to like one end of the spectrum and you're like a full-blown hoarder right and you know Mm -hmm. like it's not to say that people are are hoarders but like sometimes you can fall you can fall prey to the same like emotional connection to things and like this anxiety of letting go and getting rid of stuff uh and that's really hard right and i think uh for me it was very hard i i struggled with it right like the guy's in our local like discords and stuff and on, on the signal chats that I'm a part of, we're just like, okay, shut up. Like just shit or get off the pot, sell your shit or not. Right. Like stop, you know, whinging about it to me. Right. Just, just do it. Uh, and I can say, you know, at least for me, when I got rid of, of like basically half of my infinity stuff, it was liberating. I was just like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. It felt, it felt good. It, it felt like I was focused again. I was motivated again. Um, I think I think you know part of the reason why is like it was it was like it was really hard because at one point I owned every every sculpt for every army, right? At at whatever particular right. time it was in the past. Now that's certainly not the case, right? But at the time, it was either built and on my shelf or in a box waiting to be built, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that made choosing an army for tournaments awful. Right. <laughs> right. Which one am I gonna play? Because because you know, like sometimes it was just like okay, what's the tournament lineup? Oh, looting and sabotaging. Well, I can't play this faction. Right. Right. And you're like I. Well, Instead I, of figuring out how to deal with it. Yeah, it's like if if I'm going to if I'm going to win if if my objective is to win the tournament, these are the you know five or six armies I can't play. These are the two or three armies that have the best chance of succeeding at this mission lineup. I'm going to play these two, three, but I don't really want to play these armies right now because I'm I was in the middle of doing this other cool project that I was having fun with at game night. Now I have to play this army, I'm like ah, right? And this is you know very first world problem kind of stuff. But um, I I think I think uh, one of the one of the tenets of game design that I was really enjoying exploring in uh, Jovian Wars was. Uh, one of the interesting way of differentiating armies is what are they bad at, not what are they good at. Oh, sure. Right, and the the lack of options and the and the forcing you to solve problems in interesting ways 
was something that I was sorely lacking when I had access to everything. And now I'm back in that space where I don't have everything. And it's fun exploring the corners again. Yeah, it's same, same, right? Like, I, I love restrictions. Yeah. Um, tell, tell me I can't do something, and then I have to figure out how to do it anyways. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the puzzle, right? I mean, that's that's why I'm an engineer, right? You You have to solve problems with limited resources. That's engineering in a nutshell. It's it's what I do too. Yeah. Product design, right? <laughs> How do I make this into a thing? Yep. I don't know. Like, I got to fit the uh, square peg in the round hole. Um, again, going back to what do we want out of games? <laughs> so, yeah, no, take and also like take it easy on yourself. You know, like if you don't want to get rid of something, don't get rid of it right now. But you know what you can do if it's not something. Especially if it's not something you've painted, if it's just something you built for the sake of having it, like you can put it in a box and tuck it away for a little bit and then see how you feel in a couple months. Like, that huh, really I helps. haven't. Right. Like, I think one of the things, yeah. right, like right now, right, like, like there's kid toys all over the house. And it's like, well, maybe we should keep this because maybe its development could be helpful. It's also been sitting in this box for the last six months. Are we really using it? You know? Yeah. That, oh no, the. <laughs> You only get more of those boxes as the kids continue to be oh, bigger. Yeah. yeah, I'm not looking forward to that at all. I, I think our car is full of stuff we're about to take to Goodwill. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. There's a huge pile uh, next to my car in, in the garage that I need to sort of drive to people's houses that are about to have kids. So, Yeah, right? Like, you were the last of our friends to have kids. Like, finally, one last, one last person with a kid here, John. <laughs> Yeah, right. And then and then like somebody else is about to have get them like excellent. <laughs> Make it Trickle all down go economics away. works. Proof. Right here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, take it easy on yourself. Give yourself a break. Um don't fall into the like the the obligation. I feel like you can create false ob like you can create obligations for yourself yeah. to come up with just to justify reasons to 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 keep something or to get something you don't need or to not get rid of something you don't need um and like yeah put it in a box see if you care in six months mm -hmm. if you don't care in six months see if you're ready to get rid of it if not put it in the box for another six months yep. um like eventually you'll be able to tell you like the goal is eventually you'll be like okay do do i miss this or not do I want actually want this or not? Is this was this fulfilling a a um a need that I have in that game? Right, like what I want to get out of the game. And the answer is, if it lasted six months, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> just to be frank. But yeah, no, it's 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 all replaceable. Even the limited edition stuff is replaceable, theoretically, <laughs> presumably. Um, you know, you're gonna you're gonna feel really good about that money you you got getting rid of it, but then you feel really bad spending that money again to get it back if you want. Yes, yes. Speaking of somebody <laughs> who bought combined twice, yes. Even if it's things, even if you got a one to one trade, but if you if you sell a model, you're like, oh, I have this rare old Warhammer model, and people are paying two hundred dollars for that. Cool, I'm gonna go sell it. And then as soon as like you're like, oh man, I missed that. I wish I had that model. Oh man, it's two hundred dollars. It's like, dude, you just you. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot harder to give to to give that back up. But yeah. but yeah, give yourself that break. Yeah. You'll be if happier you, if for If you it. need permission to do this, we give you permission. 
right? There you go. Right here, John. He gave you permission. Exactly. If you have any regrets, email John at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's I think that's enough. Get rid of your toys. Well, you've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to late night war games. Take it away, John. Yeah, if you have regrets, write into mailbag at latenightwargames.com. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A CSPL has a great uh, point. If uh, make sure to take pictures of stuff you say goodbye to, so you can you can uh, remember it fondly, and I'll tell your friends about how much you miss it. Um, you know. Uh, yeah. So you can hit us up at mailbagatlinearwargames.com. You can go to the same site to find our Discord link, and you can uh, get to us a little bit better latency. Uh, if you want to play Infinity, you can do it at Roman Academy. If you want to play Heavy Gear, you can do that at uh, lumberingsprocket.com. Um, we're here every first and third Tuesday of the month at 8.30 p.m. Pacific, which is an awkward time for everybody, including us. Um, so we upload everything to your favorite podcast app the following day uh, in audio form, and then, of course, the YouTube's uh, video on demand uh, the following day as well. Um, and of course, thank you to everybody who's supporting us already. As a Lightning War Gamer, if you want to become a Lightning War Gamer, you can do so on Patreon or by subscribing on Twitch. Get access to secret parts of the Discord. Um, you don't have to. We just love to. We just uh, are very thankful for, for everybody who's already doing that. Uh, and of course, thank you to our sponsors: Shiv Games, Carver Spelly, Board and Brew, and Brickle Cities. All right, be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five star rating on iTunes and follow us on Twitch and YouTube. All of this helps us bring you the best content that we can. Yeah, thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Stay safe out there. Have a good night. Uh, 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 uh. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.